to The Real Football. This is episode one, How Money Changed the Game. We'll be discussing Manchester City and how they were an average team up until 2010 when a billionaire bought the club and injected tons of money into them, making them a powerhouse around the world. We are going to talk about the comparison between Manchester City and some lower league teams and how money influences the game. Another topic we will cover is the difference between European football and American soccer and how there is no draft system as well as the benefits American soccer could have if it adopted a promotion slash relegation system like the rest of the world has today. We will end the episode with our opinions on what should happen going forward with money and ultimately answer the question, is money killing the game? I'm your host, August Hunter, and joining with me is my co-host, Charlie Evans, and this is The Real Football. Right, let's get this episode started. Let's talk about Man City. September 1st, 2008, transfer deadline day. City have absolutely no money, they can't buy anyone, when their bitter rivals, Man United, are about to buy Dimitar Berbatov for $30 million. A few days before this, City have just lost to a very weak and very poor Middlesbrough side, 8-1. Then it all changed. Sheikh Mansour bin Zayed Al Nine of Abu Dhabi then comes yeah, along. He came in and bought the club for two hundred and seventy million dollars. Yeah, mate. According to ESPN, it was about two hundred ten million pounds, which is obviously the currency he brought in. Right. Correct. Correct. Um, the new money brought into the club by Sheikh Mansour really started having an impact on things. Since debts were paid off, new talent could finally be bought, and City had an overwhelming new piggy bank of funds to spend by the owner. Right, but you look at 10 years later, Man City's worth 1.14 billion. Do you, do you think that that's helped football? Do you think that now it's gone up, or it's, it's more than tripled? More than, more than quadrupled in 10 years, or in 8 years? How, how, do you, how do you feel that that is playing across in football? Um, I mean, I definitely don't think that it is helping football because I think that it's creating uh, well I don't know if you guys have that term over over in European countries but definitely over here it's creating things like super teams kind of like what you see with like the Golden State Warriors now in basketball Um, teams are just getting too good for their leagues and teams that don't have lots of money or owners that have lots of money to pump into their clubs are suffering because now they're lacking funds and they can't buy the talent that is needed to keep up with these teams now. I, I completely agree with you. It's like a select few teams battle for the title every year and, and the rest are just trying to get the scraps. Right? It's like PSG. They brought Neymar for a Neymar who's a very well-respected Brazilian player. They brought him for two hundred million. That's what they paid Barcelona. That's literally just for him. That's not including wages. That's not including all the add-ons they have to pay. Do you know, with two hundred million, you could you could give everyone in England for four dollars each. You get seven million four dollars each. Do you know what I'm saying? So I agree with you. Like they they've brought the league. They've won six of the last seven leagues just just through money because they've got Qatari owners now. So you know they're just trying to buy it. I mean, you look at Arsenal. You look at Real Madrid, AC Milan, Benfica. They all just try and pump shirt step sales, pump stadium sponsorship. I feel like it's getting to the point where they care more about money than they do winning. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? 
Um, yeah, I can also agree with that. Uh, I mean, back a couple of years ago, Arsenal used to be like one of the top teams. And I'm not saying that they aren't now, but they just don't seem to have the fight and the drive like they used to to be right. sitting at the top of the league. And you can say the same thing for some of those other teams. Uh, they're they're happy and content now with just being in the, the Europa League instead of making the Champions League and other things like that, not winning their league. They're, you know what I'm saying? They're happy. They're content with sitting middle of the place, which um, I don't really think is a good thing for the game at this point. So if you're, if you're Sheikh Monsieur, so put, put, go in his shoes. You've got, say, $8 billion in the bank. Would you just buy a random club who's, who's not achieving much and just try and get them really high? Like, what, what do you think his motivations are? Do you think he's buying the club to get them high or is he buying the club to make profit? Do you, what, what are their motivations, do you think? Um, I guess I can't necessarily say what I would believe his in, exact intentions would be or the motivation and I guess this answer might sound a little hypocritical, but if I had tons of money to just spend and do whatever with, I know that I would have, it would be fun to just buy a club and see what I can do with it. If the money, if I really don't care about the money that I have, I'm not saying he doesn't care, it's just like if you have that money where you can coin it as play money, and spend it on things like that, then I I mean, I would do the same thing as him. I mean, I guess I want to say his intentions are to make a profit, but maybe it's just to have fun. I mean, you it's know pocket, what I'm saying? It's pocket change. It's po yeah, it's, it's pocket change, you know what I'm saying? So It's literally, it's like the Man City owner, Sheikh, Sheikh Monsieur, he's brought New York City FC. He's brought a team in Melbourne. Yeah, these these little chains or hubs of teams off his own team. Exactly. You know what I'm he's, saying? Tr he's trying to build. Is he trying to build his own brand, or does he just think he's trying to build Man City's brand? Um, I I mean, with that, I I kind of want to say he wants to build Man City's brand. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he wants to, if he's in the boat right now to get away from like the city as city owner. So I think he's definitely trying to expand the city brand, especially. I don't know too much about the the Melbourne club that he has, but uh, with especially with the New York City like club, I mean you can hear it, Man City, New York City FC. I mean their logo is kind of similar. You know what I'm saying? Same color jerseys. Same color jerseys. Yeah. So I mean with that, like I definitely think he's trying to expand his city brand and not his own brand. But he's definitely building like a good enterprise and getting his company out there. His branding. I completely agree. But the thing is, Man City still aren't the best team in the world. You think, what, so whilst we're recording this podcast, Man City got knocked out of the Champions League a week ago? Yep, correct, yeah. So, they're putting all this money into the club. To a team from... Yeah, to a team from England. From England, so... So another English team who are not putting as much money into their club have just knocked them out of the Champions League. And for anyone that doesn't know, the Champions League is uh, the best teams in Europe playing it. And it's the biggest, it's the biggest thing you can win in club football, yeah. other than the world, the World Cup, which is in country football. Which yeah. Is, so. It's not everyone gets a chance to play for their country. So. Right. So the World Cup would be obviously the biggest um, thing in football. Yep. But the Champions League you can't get bigger if you're a club team, yeah. and that's what Man City are trying to aim for. But clearly they're still not doing it, even though they're pumping 
money and money into loads, the club. Loads of money into the club. They're buying tons of players. They have arguably one of the world's best coaches um, at the moment. I would say obviously the best, Pep Guardiola. Yeah, Pep Guardiola. So, I mean, and I mean, even his tactics uh, aren't working like right now. Like when it comes to Champions League football, that's just one thing that City is still lacking to grab, even though that they have boatloads of money being dumped into the club. And they, and they might not even win the Premier, the Premier League this year. Yeah, and they're Liverpool. fighting with Liverpool, which is another team that actually did go out and spend some money yeah. this year. Great coach, but, Jürgen Klopp. Yeah. Good coach. But they still haven't spent nearly yeah. as much as Man City has spent, and they're both in contention to win the English Premier League title this year. So... I completely agree. It's like Chelsea. I mean, it's a sensitive subject for me because I'm a Chelsea fan. <laughs> um, we're, we're not doing very well at the moment, but we've spent so much money on players. I mean, we've got Eden Hazard, who arguably, arguably is the best player in the Premier League. You yeah. could say, you could say. But we're still fifth in the table at the moment, and we're pumping all this money. We've got Roman Abramovich as our owner, who's worth billions and billions, but we're still not achieving the very top. So... It's getting to a point where it's who's rich and who's rich in the other clubs, or is it who's got the better players who can buy the better players? Do you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's, it's I think I personally think it's ruining football money because if you look at so we got here some stats from ESPN and Sky Sports, the player performance bonuses for every 25 appearances um, a person makes for their club, like a player, their wage goes up by 1,500 pounds which is probably about $1,750. So you think every 25 times you play for your club, you get more money. Yeah. It's, it's kind of getting ridiculous, isn't it? It's insane. They win, they get £10,000 per player. Yeah. So that's probably, £10,000 is probably like $12,000. So if you win a game, you just get given a $12,000 check. It wouldn't be, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd be happy with it. You score a goal. Your goal increase as well. $5,000, £5,000 which is like $7,000. If you play for Man City, they actually give their players $10,000 per goal. So if you score, you win, and you keep you keep playing consistently, you're going to get paid an extra 30, 40,000 a week just from playing. Just added bonuses to your weekly wages already. And the players are probably on what like 200,000 plus yeah. a week. Yeah. Not including your sponsorship deals with Shoe companies, or you know, what I'm saying your TV sponsorships, your Adidas commercials, all that stuff. If you have your own boot line, like that's just the money is just it's just insane that they're what they're getting, you know what I'm saying? It really is. It's kind of like going back to your point about PSG buying the league, they've got this new thing in football called financial fair play, yeah, and they try and restrict the amount people can spend on uh, players, but the, the only thing you get for spending so much money is the repercussion of getting a one transfer ban. So every, there's two transfer windows per season. You get banned for one transfer ban if you overspend. So if you're buying that good of a player, would you be bothered that you have to sit out another transfer ban? Do you know what I mean? If you were spending 200 million on a player, it doesn't matter. You've got the best player, one of the best players in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think that you'd be bothered by it. I mean, you can see teams now do it. I mean... Who knows if they're doing it intentionally, but they clearly don't care if they get the transfer ban. I mean, Barcelona, what, like two years ago, yep. three years ago, yep. just had a transfer ban, and then 
went out and bought a bunch of new players right before it happened. Exactly, and then they, and knew, then, they knew it was coming up, so they brought players and then... Yeah, and then they just sat, and they're they're at the top of their league right now. They're they're definitely probably going to win it. I mean, yep. what are they, 11 points clear, second place right now? So And they, and they could win the Champions League. Yeah, right, and they could win the Champions League right, as, right so. now, too. So they're one of four teams remaining. So, I mean... I'm a Barcelona fan, so I'm rooting. I'm rooting for them right now. So, as a Barcelona fan, do you think Barcelona are trying to buy their league? Uh, absolutely not. I do not think that they're trying to buy the league. Um, but you just said that they got a ban on financial fair play, so they've obviously gone over the finances that are allowed. So, what stops them from being like a Man City, who literally are buying the league? Um, I mean, there's other teams like Real Madrid that buy tons of players as well. True. True. They just know that maybe they're just adhering to the rules at the moment, the financial fair play rules. And Barcelona just said, yo, we don't care right now. <laughs> we want these players, so we're going to buy these players. Uh, you have Atletico Madrid, another team in Spanish in the Spanish leagues, La Liga, that has buys tons of world-class players. I mean, lots of players play in La Liga, and um, I do not think that Barcelona does anything that to try and buy their league now. Okay. I agree with you. I agree with you. They might not be buying the league. Right, so let's move on to the next topic. Promotion relegation. We can talk about it in my home country of England and you know you can talk about the United States as well. So let me just explain to everyone what promotion relegation means. It basically means that if you become the bottom of the league, so for instance in England there's twenty teams in the top league. The bottom three get relegated, so they go down to the, the second division. The top three get promoted up, so it's kind of a switch. Um, that's done in four leagues. We have the Premiership, the Championship, League One, and League Two. That is not a system that the MLS currently has. At the moment, the MLS is the biggest league in the America, in the American soccer system. Right. But if you become bottom of the MLS... Um, nothing happens. Yeah, I mean, nothing really happens. There's really, I mean, it's kind of like the other sports that we have here. If you finish in the bottom uh, of your league, then you get the number one draft pick for the next year. So it, it doesn't make sense. How can you be the worst team, but then you you get they try and equal it out? Or? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're pretty much trying to do. Is trying to equal it out. I mean, it's like trying to make the the loser feel better, I guess, or something like that. But that's not the way it should be. Um, it's just like, it seems like you have no real incentive to finish last or finish first. I mean, yeah, you like, obviously you, you want to finish first, but let's say you're having a bad season or something like that and you just know you can't catch up, you can't win, then why, like, there's no incentive to keep trying at that point for these players. At the, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, they're like, all right, let's sit back. Let's finish last, and we'll get the first pick next year. We'll get a good player next year. But, like, that's not the way it should be because, like, you have in your home country and in everywhere else across the world is promotion and relegation. So the bottom three teams go down a league. The top three teams, you know what I'm saying, stay, you know what I'm saying, finish the league. They go to Champions League or Europa League spots or yep. whatever, you know what I'm saying. So There should be repercussions. If you finish like you're the worst team in your league – over, say, 38 games, 40 games, if you're the worst team, there's got to be something, you know. Yeah. You've got to have a punishment. Yeah, and for and 
you should have a punishment and for the lower league teams, you know what I'm saying? Like for myself, like I play and Charlie, we both play in lower league semi-pro teams and we can't move up even if we win our league. And like the way it should be, the way it is in other countries is if you win your league, you get promoted up to the league, the next league above you. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, exactly, exactly. it just, it just kind of sucks that there's a, there's no way, you know what I'm saying? It's all about money over here in America. And like, you have to pretty much buy your way in with a club and dump tons of money, kind of like Shake did with Man City. But that's the only way that you can do it, exactly. become a pro team here in America. I feel like the MLS teams is too much of a business. Mm-hmm. As in, if you look at, I'll go back to England, you get relegated, you got fans crying, you know, their blood, sweat and tears for their team. They're out there fighting. Exactly. And and, and for, for, for me, like being a Chelsea fan, going to a game, you don't know what's going to happen that season. We know we could win the league, we could get relegated. I feel like you're an MLS fan, you could you could get win the league and I think they have the MLS Cup as well. Yeah. Which we'll come on to that in a minute, but I feel like there's no incentive to get a higher place. If you finish 8th and you finish ninth. yeah, you might clinch the playoffs, but... What, what makes you want to push more to win the league and get promoted if you're in the USL Championship, for instance? Yeah. So the USL Championship is the one technically below the MLS, not yeah. officially, because there is no there is no structure. Yeah, it's very iffy and questionable always with the US uh, exactly. tier system. We don't here. know what is the second division, but we, we call it the second division, the USL yeah. Championship. If you win that, you, what, you get a round of applause, don't you? You, just, you get a round well of applause <laughs> and a trophy and... Maybe a see you next year, unless you get signed or picked up by a real MLS team. Let's look at the USL Championship, for instance. If you're, let's say, St. Louis, you know, you're a big US Championship team, you can bring in players. There's no, there's no way of you going up higher. What Doesn't that make that league invalid, basically? You're just basically a middle league for nothing. You, all the players want to go to the MLS. So that means that you aren't playing for your team. The players at uh, St. Louis aren't playing for St. Louis, are they? They, well, they want to play in the MLS. So they're playing for themselves to get better. Yeah. I mean, pretty much it's what they're doing. Um, you could say that as in, it's kind of the same thing when you're a kid. I don't know if you know exactly. Do you know what ODP is? No. All right. So, like, we have this thing here. And I'm pretty sure it goes up until you're 18. But uh, the ODP stands for Olympic Olympic Development Program, okay. and they just pick players from you. You go, you get represented by your state first, and uh, you pretty much they just have coaches go around and pick players that are good that they find to put a team together, and you don't really know your team. Like they'll call you and say you have a game here at this time. You don't know these players. They switch players around on teams all the time. And, I mean, you you never really get to know these guys, but all these guys are just trying to make it to the next step because they're just trying to get the call up to the national ODP squad. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you're not really playing for anything, to be honest. I mean, you're just playing, like you said, for yourself and to, I guess, try and get better. But... I, I mean, you're pretty much just playing for yourself, trying to get your name out there so you can make it to the next step, so you can start actually making the big bucks. 
making money because these guys in the USL are making some money, but they're not making nearly enough money to fully live on. No, you say, you know like they're, they're technically you know on paper professional professional footballers, professional yeah. soccer players, but like you said, they're not getting the Man City money. They're not even getting the MLS money. Yeah, they're just getting your basic pay. And like there is no incentive. To, yeah. There's there is no incentive to play for him. And like the MLS money, he even here, that's our biggest our biggest professional soccer league that we have here, doesn't compare to anywhere near what players are getting in the in the English Premier Leagues and no. the La Ligas, the French leagues, you know what I'm saying? It's just like exactly. it just it's like it's honestly insane. So But the MLS was only founded in nineteen ninety three. The Premier League was founded in 1888, but it did have a rebrand in 1992 uh, where it changed its logo and it really tried to picture itself as a brand new league. We obviously know that the MLS has got a lot of catching up to do, nearly 100 years behind us in England and, I mean, the La Liga in Spain, like you said, Barcelona. Do you think the MLS will ever catch up? Um, I mean, I definitely think that they will catch up. It's just like a matter of of when at this point and I don't see it happening absolutely in the near future but I'm always hopeful and keeping my fingers crossed um, we do have lots of young talent uh, coming up I mean we have young rising stars in the US game like Christian Pulisic he plays for Chelsea now yeah he's out he's actually playing for Chelsea now and you know what I'm saying we have other players as well that are on the rising um, but uh, just at this exact moment, the talent cannot compare really with we're just we're pretty much the bottom of the food chain at this moment. Um, I agree. A few years back, uh, LA Galaxy won uh, the league here, the MLS Cup, and they played Manchester United when they won uh, the English Premier League. And they played here in America and for the International Champions Cup and they lost. LA, Los Angeles Galaxy lost seven to zero, and a score. First off, a soccer score should never be that high. That's, that's bad. It's very bad. That's they bad. got they got a thrashing, right? And uh, it just shows the different uh, quality levels that we have here versus uh, a Manchester United side that you have over there. I agree. I agree. It's like the MLS commissioner Don Garber back in 2016. He said the MLS be one of the biggest leagues by 2022. In my opinion, I think the MLS is probably as equivalent to England third division. Yeah, it's it's Easily. really not up there. You can Easily. you can't even compare the two. Like you said, the best team in LA Galaxy and the best team in Manchester United. Manchester United beat them seven zero. That's in, that's embarrassing. Yeah, do, do you know what I'm saying? Really it's like Jack Harrison, for instance, used to play for New York City. He was one of the best players in the MLS. In 2016, I think it was. Yeah. He went through the college system. He's, he's actually from England. He went through the college system, played for Wake Forest. And then he went to England. He just tried. He got transferred by Manchester City. He brought him across. And now he's basically a nobody in England. He got lost in the English system. Because he was such a big name in MLS. But in League One, where he is now, playing for Middlesbrough, he's just sitting. He's, he's playing, but he's nowhere near the standard of England top division. Right, right. And it just goes to show you the difference of quality that we have here, the quality and standards that we have here. He's 
starting games here in the MLS league. You know what I'm saying? Getting quality playing time. He's thrashing the league, scoring goals, getting assists. And then he goes back home to England, and he can't even play in the top-tier teams there. He's playing in not the league close, one. Yeah. yeah, not even close, you know what I'm saying? So it just shows you the difference of quality that we have here compared to there. How do you, you, you think you improve that? Um, well, I feel like it definitely starts with uh, youth systems and youth academies like you guys have over there. What are they like, what are they like over here? Um, I mean... You have youth academies like such and such, but like they're they're not like how you have them over there through t actual professional teams. Like you got okay. Chelsea's youth academy, yeah, or you know what I'm saying, Manchester I, yeah, City's youth academy. I used to play for a professional academy till I was like 16. Yeah. So like yeah, I know what you mean the system. See, so like our academies are pretty much through travel teams. So like okay, there was Vardar Academy, but to be playing for Vardar Academy. Your parents have to make a lot of money. So you don't have to be good. Yeah, you don't have to be good necessarily. Okay. I mean, you do have to be good, yes, but you also have to have the money to afford to play it, play there. And like that's one reason that I never played for an academy. It's just because I didn't have the money to to pay to play for an academy. I played for a very top tier travel team, but didn't play for an academy team. You know what I'm saying? But in play and another reason is in playing academy soccer here you you cannot play uh, high school soccer. You can't which, play both at the same time. No. Okay. So you lose your eligibility like oh, wow. for high school, which not saying high school is more important, but like I wanted to enjoy my high school years as, as well. You yeah. know what I'm saying and play with my friends. I got to play travel soccer as well. I won um, the Michigan State Cup when I was younger mm -hmm. uh, back in 2016. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I mean, America is just so big that, like you said, you got to travel everywhere. Yeah. Back at home, the furthest you travel is... And you pay for it everywhere you travel. Yeah, here. an hour or two. Do you know what I mean? Like, to get from one side of my country to the other side of my country, you could do that in six hours. Yeah. To get to one side of the state to the other side of the state, you probably could do it in six hours. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the difference is, is mad. So, to have the... MLS teams in America to push into the English teams. It's going to be so hard because to play a team, for instance, in California, and if they were to play a team in New York, the travel is ridiculous. And like the jet lag, mm -hmm. it, it takes it out on the players. Yeah, it definitely takes it out on the players. Um, even here now, just like our schedule playing for Northwood, and when we got a long bus ride or anything like that, I mean, I'm tired, and that's not even flying. I've flown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And had to play a game the next day for tournaments and for other things like that. And it, it, you're jet lagged, you're tired. And like doing that for an entire season, you know what I'm saying? A full, a full rigorous schedule plus, you know what I'm saying? You got championships if you make it is definitely grueling on the players. And you can only be fatigued. And that's where injuries start to set in. And you know what I'm saying? Other things like that. Because it literally is like playing a whole continent. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's it's like Spain playing in the same division as English teams. It, it's kind of, it's mad to think about. Yeah, it's mad. And another thing to say to speak on that is that uh, here in America, we try and like fit all our games in like a three to four month span. Yeah, I, where I they, don't agree with that either. Over there, <laughs> you guys are you know what I'm saying sprawling the games across what six months or so. 
Yeah, it's, it's throughout the year. It's like nine months. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a big difference of time that you're sprawling these games across. You're all trying to pack all these games in right away and whatnot. And you play like two or three a week, don't you? Yeah. I mean, over here, I mean, that's my experience. Yeah. Coming over here, I'm used to playing like every Saturday back at home. Mm -hmm. We train during the week. Over here, we're playing Wednesday, Saturday, sometimes Friday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it is? It is a big schedule. And how do the MLS change that? Because they've got the Western, they've got the Eastern conferences. But then, you what? So if you win the Western conference and you win the Eastern conference, they go into the MLS Cup. But can they have that as one league? Do you think? Could you, do you think you can have twenty-four teams in one league like we do in England, like they do in Spain, like they do in Germany? Is, do you think that's possible, or is that too much to ask for? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely think it's possible, and I definitely think that should be the aim because obviously you can see the way that the rest of the countries do it with their tier systems and back again to promotion and relegation, it, it works. And you see the quality that is produced and the incentives that are given to these players and just the heart and the drive and the passion that's put into the game. And it just added with that that system, I believe, because they don't want to lose, you know what I'm saying? There's, a, there's 24 teams that they're all battling for the same thing. And those three unlucky teams at the end of the year are the ones that got to go down and battle their way back up again until the next right. year. So, I mean, I definitely think that that should be the U.S.'s aim is to aim is to look to, to create a one-tier system, you know what I'm saying? I agree one. with you. I think the MLS are trying to be too much like the NBA, like the NFL, yeah. and it work, they work very well. I like the NBA structure. I like the NFL structure. But as soccer, it does not work. It doesn't work. Do you, no. you agree with what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, NHL, like those are all things that the U.S. created like themselves, those, those systems for sports. And... Like you said, I mean, MLS shouldn't really be structured similarly. I think soccer is its own game. Other countries have adopted the style that I think that they should follow here in the U.S. And I just don't think that MLS or the way that it's structured is, I don't know, fitting for the beautiful game you of think soccer. We, you think we should scrap the draft system for, for, for football, for soccer? You think um, that should be done? Because in my personal opinion, I do. I don't think... Like you said, there should be more academies. You shouldn't have to go to college to become a professional player. You shouldn't have to be drafted. Okay, so this one's iffy with me. Uh, yes and no. I think that the we should get rid of the draft system. Um, this is only for soccer. This is not for... This, I mean, yeah, I this is not for all sports. Yeah. Um, I say yes because... The way that other countries do it with their academies and, you know what I'm saying, things like that, it obviously produces the talent that is needed to, to play quality and good quality soccer. And it clearly works because the U.S. didn't qualify for the World Cup. Yes, they did not qualify for <laughs> so the same, World Cup. Something needs to change, right? Yeah, something needs to change. But I also say no because uh, as of right now, the draft system is the only way to really become a professional soccer player here in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's flawed about it, though, is that they tend to really only look at Division One soccer players. And here in America, yes, you think Division One means that you're the greatest at soccer. That's why you play at a Division One school and not a Division Two, Three, NAIA. But that isn't always the case. Uh, I mean, me personally, I had offers to go play at some Division One schools, but 
but I chose not to because I wanted to think about my education yeah. and I wanted to sit at a, a smaller school so my professors could get to know me. And you know what I'm saying? I kind of had my spot like on the field. I didn't want to have to battle with somebody either for a spot, but yeah. you could go to a D1 school and just sit on the bench. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying that's like what would happen, but like, I don't want I don't want my situation to be like that and like for the educational purposes because I'm thinking bigger picture that yeah everyone wants to be a pro athlete or whatever but like that's probably not going to happen. And it's a, if it does happen, it's a very short career. So, yeah, it's a very short career. So I'm thinking bigger picture about the education. So like it just goes back to what I was saying. I don't think that because you play Division One soccer means that you are the greatest. And like the way that the draft works here is they they tend to predominantly only pick Division One players. So your Division Twos and your Division Threes don't even get looked at, even though there's tons of great players in those leagues. Which wouldn't happen back at home, yeah. where I'm from. Because you play for a team, you know, you play for your local team, there's still a way up to the to the top division. If you're in, like I said, we were talking about fruition relegation in America, if you play for a club team, there is no way to pro. You have to go through college to get drafted. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's hard, in my opinion. This is what I think should happen. For, so I think there should be 24 MLS teams, which there is, and then I think there should be 24 USL Championship teams, and then 24 USL League One teams. I think that the the bottom four MLS teams should get relegated, and then the top four USL Championship teams should get promoted. Like we said earlier about an incentive. I also think that the MLS Cup needs to go. Mm -hmm. I know that's quite a strong opinion, but I don't feel like... So if you win your league, if you win the conference... No, no, I, I agree with you, you about the MLS Cup. If you, yeah. There's no reason to win your league or win your conference or whatever it is to then play the same teams in an MLS Cup championship. Because it, mean, it means nothing to win your conference, right? It just yeah. you, If you don't win the MLS Cup, then you're not the top team. But then it's stupid because that's knockout system. Well, that's like where it goes to like those guys who are just getting second, third, and fourth place. They already know, oh, I'm still going to be in the playoffs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or and it doesn't work in soccer. Yeah. It, it does work in NBA. It does work in NFL. But it doesn't work because over, say... How many get? How many like thirty eight? I think you play like thirty eight games in the MLS season or something along those lines. You're the best team over them thirty eight games. You won the conference. Yeah. You won it. Why don't we just have? If we do have twenty four teams in a conference, the best team is the best team. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they can. Well, that's why. Like also, like in like the European leagues and stuff, you get that spot to the Champions League to then win that. That prize possession, you know what I'm saying? Of that's, winning a Champions that's, League. That's something you obviously is so hard to change because the Champions League is just Europe. You know, it's your wafer. Yeah. So maybe FIFA uh, need to come along and make a bigger league, bring American teams into it. Bring a they need to make bring a Champions League between like, the South American teams and the North American and teams and like Canadian teams. Maybe the Mexican teams. Come yeah, on. you know what I'm saying? Like the, all the teams over on this side, you know what I'm saying? and do something along those lines. Right, to wrap this up, August, is money killing the game? Because me personally, I think I'm going to be blunt and say, yes, money is killing the game. What's your opinion on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think that money is killing the game. Um, players that aren't as high of a quality are just 
you know what I'm saying, getting these high contracts. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, um, players are creating super teams, or not necessarily the players, but owners are creating super teams. And it's just kind of ruining the game. It's giving these lower league teams and these teams that don't have as much money not even a chance to win anything. And it's just ruining the game, I believe. Yeah, there needs to be stricter rules on... I know we have the financial fair play, but there needs to be much stricter. We need to clamp down on club spending too much yeah, money. Yeah, yep. Need to uh, snack down on that and uh, put it to a close. And then the MLS, we need. A, we know there's a drastic change that's needed. Mm-hmm. I Definitely. don't see that happening in the next 10 years. No, I'm going to have to disagree with uh, Don Garber's quote about 2022. Um, I'd put it more to... 2030 maybe they got a long long way yeah let's hope for let's hopefully in 2026 when the the next world cup will be held here and uh hopefully the u.s will make that one and well you at least you'll qualify then because you'll get automatic qualification yeah (laughs) so um yeah let's hope that uh well like to wrap things up here um i'm your host august hunter and this is my co-host charlie evans And this is The Real Football. See you later. See you later.